Affirmative. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for the hiatus again. Just I feel a joke coming on here. Um, welcome back to a Blue Collar Talk Show. Uh, my name is Josh. And I'm Aaron. What are we talking about today, Aaron? We're going to discuss um, injury and illness in the workplace. Uh, and it's, a, well, inside and outside of the workplace. If you're ill, you really should go home. Um, mm-hmm. Don't get other people sick. If you're injured um, to the point where you can't do the task that your job requires, then you should probably also go home. Unfortunately, the way that things shake out in the world that we live in, not every job is unionized and that's just not applicable. So to anybody out there who doesn't have a union based job or a manager that's kind enough to, you know, be caring about your injury. Um, we apologize. Um, it does suck. And I mean, that, that, that goes into a bunch of factors like insurance and, you know, I, I always thought that it was really fucked up that uh, if, if you're sick or injured, uh, maybe you just have, you know, the massive headache or you're feeling a bit under the weather or the flu-like symptoms or something like that, where you feel like you might be contagious, but you know that if you just, you know, stay hydrated, sleep it off, you'll be fine. And they want a doctor's note. <laughs> Go to a hospital and cure more debt. Well, so here's the thing is that I'm going to discuss... Um, a couple different instances um, where, and it's been at the the job that I still currently have where I've been sick and I've had to go home and I have the freedom to do so. Um, I work in a grocery store. You obviously don't want me working around your groceries um, if I have potential to get you sick. Um, so, you know, you just go tell a manager, but I also have a policy that, So my company has a policy that if you're out for longer than three days, they require a doctor's note. I have a policy that the first day that I'm out, Mm -hmm. I'm coming back with a doctor's note, whether I come back the next day or the day after I immediately like the minute I'm like, I'm going to a clinic because I don't feel well, I'm going to go get a doctor's note. It's the first thing I'm going to do. And the reason I do it that way is just because it covers my ass. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm well within the parameters. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't like walking out sick. I don't like, you know, I don't like leaving. Um, and it just, it's, it's a real sucky feeling, especially knowing that you're leaving behind a crew that probably needs your help. Um, so yeah, it's, it's tricky, man. It is. It is. I had a, both professional obligation uh, as well as you know what you have to provide i mean missing hours there's just not a lot of uh people out there that that really offer like comprehensive you know sick time sick leave and shit well on that front um and again i feel like i'm a little spoiled over here i have sick pay that um the minute i the minute i leave work i accrue sick pay so nice I started that they, they dump it back into my check. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know. There's, I, I've, I've got some stories about this. It's, uh, it's just hard to choose. Cause there's a lot of them where I've ended up in a really weird situation um, where, you know, like I had a brain injury um, 
and I'm counting people's money that's not mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah. this is this is dangerous and irresponsible and stupid to allow me to do this. I really need to go get looked at because I can't think. Um, and had to leave work because of it. Um, and again, I immediately went down to a clinic and I got looked at and. They were like, yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't have gone in the past three days that you went in based on mm -hmm. what you told us, you know, Ugh, excuse me. Um, you know, and then um, I had another one where I was cashiering and um, I had really bad hangnails and uh, hangnails, yeah, hangnails, hangnails hanging man. from your cuticle. <laughs> um like they were infected it was really bad and you know my boss was like well you know you could just be saying that so i took off my shoes and i showed her <laughs> and she was like bro go to a hospital <laughs> um, next time i'll take your word for it but i mean on the flip side of that coin you know one of the things that i you know kind of thought about was that when when i when i was thinking about this topic specifically was the uh, the managers that aren't as forgiving. Um, yeah. And that's also tricky. So I, I had a really difficult time picking a good example of this because I've seen it so many times throughout the years where, you know, somebody gets horrifically injured hmm. and is very clearly injured. Um, and, the manage the manager does not handle things the way that they're supposed to, which is, you know, I, I remember a kid um, when I was a courtesy clerk, um, he pulled his back out and uh, yeah, no, not good. Um, and it really messed him up and he's limping around for like an hour and a half just hurting and i'm like dude we, we, have you taken anything for it like did you take like an ibuprofen and he's like no no i didn't and i was like well you should probably go probably go tell our manager like i'll cover your shit it's okay you know i got you mm -hmm. um so he goes to talk to the manager and he comes back outside and he's you know near in tears and it's because she's yelling and screaming at him about, you know, what a worthless employee he is and how bad he is at his job. And, you know, uh, she called him weak and just a bunch of really mean names. And, you know, it was like, dude, you, you, you can't do that. So it comes to fruition. He goes in to a clinic right after he gets off of work and he slipped a disc. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like you made that kid walk around for four hours on a slip disc. You you are some other kind of monster, you know, for real. Um, And it's it's it, I like I definitely see the manager's point of view in the sense that the job has to get done. You know, work doesn't know excuses. It just knows getting done. Mm. But on the opposite side of that coin, it wasn't even but a few weeks later where she blew her knee out what do you think she did <laughs> instantly went to the hospital <laughs> yeah like, dude dude you know um so it's it's See, jobs like that man i i, I the bigger corporations and stuff i i understand the benefits of a union but that's one of those scenarios where where i would get myself in trouble 
I would not be able to control my mouth. That shit happened to her. And she, you know, if I heard about it or saw that, that instance, I'd be like, wow, you're just fucking pitiful. Aren't you? You're weak. You know, if you're stronger, these jobs really need to get done. You know, I would have no problem saying verbatim what I overheard her saying. Yeah, no, I, I hear it. I really do. It's, it's, it's a strange thing. Um, because again, there's just people out there that are like that. Uh, it's, I've seen it with family emergencies too, where you know a, ca- a cashier gets a phone call and they're like, "Hey, you know my my kid's school just called me. Would you mind if I stepped off a register really quick to find out what's going on?" Mm-hmm. And the manager's like, "No, you can't do that." Um, and then they come to find out that you know their kids in the nurse's office puking everywhere nurse can't get a hold of anybody yeah and it's like this i'm not saying that the kid puking could have been avoided had it not been for one greedy manager trying to um keep somebody at work but what i am saying is that the kid could have been picked up a lot sooner and the kid Mm -hmm. could have been put in a better situation where they're a little bit more comfortable either at a hospital or back at home um, near a toilet that they can puke into. (laughs) But, you know, certain said manager had to have a wild hair up their ass that day. But again, it boils down to the minute they get a phone call from their kid's school, totally different story. They've got to run. Oh, don't even if you say anything about it, I'll be so mad at you, you know. And that's that's the type of shit that's really irritating and really fucking annoying. You know, it's like I feel like there's there's a certain amount of that that you see. But it's just a lack of understanding um, for anything other than than themselves, you know. Mm -hmm. That's true. So do you have a. Well, I I was thinking about a couple of things. Um, I mean. Let's go with the good, the bad, and the ugly here. Mm-hmm. Um, the really positive scenario I had uh, when I was working for this construction uh, company out of Seattle, uh, I was uh, doing a siding project, and there was like, I can't remember how long it was. It was like this really heavy ceramic siding. It was up on like a 25, 30-foot scaffolding, and uh my boss was up there trying to hold this up he was fiddling for his nail gun when it slipped down and i was on the ground i looked up even though i was wearing my hard hat uh the thing kind of got me right in the head and had me looking a bit like harry potter at a scar you know it it, uh definitely knocked me pretty fucking hard um but yeah i mean knocked my hard hat off uh the boss's immediate reaction was just like, well, why weren't you wearing your hard hat? Why is it on the ground? And I was like, I was wearing it. That's probably why my head's not split open as much. It took, you know, three quarters of the impact on the, on the hard hat. But, <laughs> you know, after, after that initial, you know, shock, cause he knew he was in the wrong and it was his fault and he should have waited for somebody else. That's the whole reason that I was walking toward the scaffolding was to go up there and give him a hand with that. Uh, he got impatient uh, instead of waiting, you know, half a minute for me to get up there. He thought he could do it himself. And, but once he calmed down, you know, he was like, okay, well, do you need to, do you need to go home? I'll obviously still pay you for the day. 
And I was like, nah, I think I'm all right. You know, I was, I was seeing the stars there for a few minutes, but I smoked a cigarette and got back at it. Um, so that's definitely like a good experience with um, maybe not initially, but the boss did have, you know, understood and was, was, was trying to help me there. But um, as far as the bad, I have had quite a few bad experiences with, um, I, I don't know if this really falls, kind of falls under injury and illness, had a, a cyst in my tailbone. And when that thing would swell up from time to time, it was like the size of a grapefruit. That's, you know, right on my tailbone. So it was, it was hard to walk. Uh, it made me fever, become dizzy and disorientated. And um, it definitely, while I had it off and on for four years, because every summer like it'd swell up and every winter it'd kind of go down. But uh, there were places I worked that did not understand it was beyond uncomfortable. It was, it was, uh, it went from uncomfortable 24 seven to spikes of excruciating, excruciating pain where I couldn't fucking move. And those that did not believe me, I'd show them like, Oh God, you need to go home now or to doctors or something. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely had that like, well, there's no way if it's as bad as you say, there's no way you'd be walking or dealing with it for as long as you have. And I'm like, well, uh, that's where you'd be well, wrong. Fuck you very much. Um, I was like, you want to see it? He's like, I can't see inside of you. And I was like, oh, no, you can see it on the surface. And it's like Igor on my butt. <laughs> Meester. <laughs> you got a sis that's talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, his neighbor. Don't listen to him. All he does is talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah. That, that fucking sucks. I, I, that's the thing is that, and I think it's definitely one of the things that I, I overheard a video recently, and I think you could attest to this definitely more than I could, um, being where you're located. But people on the East Coast are not kind but they are nice and people on the West coast are nice, but they are not kind. Yeah, um, I, could, I could see that. Yeah. So what that, what, what, what their interpretation of it was, was that you could be again, we uh, from coming from the West coast perspective, you have that manager who is like, you know, well, actually I don't, I don't know how to tie this into work. You, you, you lose a, you lose, you know, you lose air pressure in your tire on the West coast and people are like, Oh no, that's the worst. I feel so bad for you, but they would never get out of their car and help you change said tire. Right. Yeah. But on the East coast, they'll get out of the car and help you change the tire, but be like, Hey, you fucking idiot. Why'd you lose air out of your tire? And you're like, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, and I can't remember what, what the video was. I would love to give them credit I, I, because it's, it's not, my concept it's not something that i came up with but it's i think that that's kind of part of the problem that i see with the um with the with the world that i work in currently is that um they are nice but they're not kind 
um, on, on, on my end or no, no, they're kind, but they're not nice on my end. So they'll tear you to shreds because you, you know, you don't, you're not feeling well, but they'll totally console with you after it doesn't affect them. If you get my, yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So yeah, that was my good, bad, and ugly there on the injury. The good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Um. So let's hop over into quick and interesting. I, you had a pretty killer (laughs) fact about apples, and I'd love to hear um, it. That's the uh, thing about being on the East Coast is, uh, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I sign my name to the dotted line. I am all for the founding principles that our country was built on. Um, I would like to think that I'm patriotic, but at the same turn, you know, it's kind of like, you think you're in America, zoom out. You know, I was a stand comedian. He's fucking hilarious. Can't remember his name either. We'll give him on uh, quite a few shout outs. Cause I think that's brilliant. This is this before we, before we get too far off the beaten track, the one thing I did want to add to what you're saying is that, Wearing an American flag and being like, yeah, America does not make you a patriot. Um, Being a patriot means that you love this country and you would defend it against, you know, foreign invaders. And when you go to other countries, foreign and domestic, um, you would go and you would tell those people in other countries all the things that makes your country a great country. And in that regard, I feel as though, you know, I would say I'm a bit of a patriot in the sense that I love where I come from. And I love telling people about all of the good mm-hmm. that my country has done. Um, and I usually try to be like, eh, don't pay attention to the craziness that you see on the news. I know we're a little wacky, but so is everybody else, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just just because you walk around wearing an American flag and toting your gun and riding horses does not mean you're a patriot. <laughs> Uh, I full heartedly agree with that. Freedom isn't um, free, Josh, but if you don't put in your buck oh five, who will? <laughs> <laughs> that was something that uh get semi off topic here. Well, on topic of what we were saying, you know, uh, when we did digress there, um was just th- that thing where I get into, you know, I-, I wouldn't necessarily say arguments with but people that are just like, you know. Oh, I love this country. If you don't love it, get out. I'm thinking of this analogy of, well, if I move into a house and the sink is broken and there's like a missing floorboard, I wouldn't tell people this is the best sink ever. You know, that, that floor right there is perfect. No, it needs some work. I'm not going to move out because I need to fix a few things. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, do what I can to fix a few things. I'm not going to leave it because I don't like it. Like that, that's the thing about patriotism that a lot of people don't seem to understand is no, I would rather put in the work and the effort, reach across the aisle to people that I may not agree with on any level, you know, ideologies or whatever. But I, I do think that it's worth it as an American to reach across the aisle and, and talk with people so that we can reach an understanding and gain some middle ground here. But really, really digress there. So anyway, the interesting fact um, was just that apples aren't even native to the Americas. They're, they're native to Asia. And um, apple pie, that, that whole phrase, uh, as American as apple pie, well, that, that also didn't come from America. The recipe actually comes from England. 
Um, but how American <laughs> is that? <laughs> I was hey, thinking, I like that. It's mine now. <laughs> I was thinking you were talking about it, and I was like, I want to investigate. Because when you told me, the thought uh-huh. that came across my mind was I was like, oh, I want to investigate the strudel. Because if mm. you think about it, strudel is basically just an Synonymous apple pie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a German apple pie. <laughs> so, Deutsch apple pie. Yeah. yeah, it's a Dutch apple <laughs> pie. Yeah. Um, so I was sitting there thinking about it and I was like, wonder when that came around. Because if if it if it came around pre-1492, then we would have the answer to the question is American as apple pie. I'd be like, dude, the Germans were making it before we were. <laughs> The Brits were making it before we were. Um, although I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm quite fond of our apple pies. I think that's, that's one buy, of my. Yeah. I think that's one of my very patriotic things. Um, that that quote unquote is American as apple pie. I love apple pie. It's a personal favorite of mine. Um, all right. Oh, so not actually uh, German. Apparently, strudel is. Um... Austria, Austria, often mistaken for being German in origin. Uh-huh. The oldest known strudel recipe dates back to 1697 and survives yeah. today in handwritten cookbook in the Vienna Town Hall Library. Excellent. Good yeah. for the good for Vienna. For I hear their sausages are something to be desired. Um, So, you know, the little canned Vienna sausages. I didn't get a laugh. Anyways, um, <laughs> you know, so, that, that doesn't make sense. And I love contradicting information because it, it just inspires me to get, you know, closer yeah. to the truth. That's good. OK, so this is what we're going to talk about today uh, on my end. Mm-hmm. The Australian emu war. So World War One wraps up and all of these Australians are coming back home um, from the war. And the Australian government decides to dish out a bunch of farmland to these farmers, right? And the problem that they're running into, and I want to see if you can figure out how to solve this if you don't know this story. So to our listeners, if you figure this out before I give you the answer, I will be so happy with you. Um, The problem was that the... The emu, it's basically a very ostrich-like bird. It's a really big bird, uh, would break into these farms and then destroy all of their crops. So these new farmers start approaching the Australian government and saying, well, we're having problems with these emus destroying our crops. What do we do? And one man, I want to get his name because... I need his name uh, was uh, his name was uh, Sir George Pierce. He says, you know what? As part of the Australian Parliament, I think that we should go to war with these birds. He didn't say it that way specifically. What he said was we should send in the uh, the Australian governor, the Australian military to go and shoot at these birds. And I think that they picked a grand total of three men to go do this so so they they drive out resources are tight <laughs> resources are tight they drive out to campion um where 
the vast majority of the population of this bird, uh, the, the, the emu are, and um, they get machine guns. And what they do is they have the locals try and uh, lure the emu emus into um, an ambush. But the emus just kind of take off in a bunch of different directions. So I think the first day they only killed like 24 of them. Mind you, when you look at the Wikipedia article, the amount of emus that are classified as combatants in this war was around 20,000. <laughs> day one, they got 24. So far, we're off to a good start. We it's just it's 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 working perfectly. So the next day they decide to try and change up their tactics by chasing the emus in a truck with the machine gun mounted on it. Didn't work. <laughs> they only got like 50 that day. So gradually, as time goes on, I think that they killed right around 5,000. And the way that the Australian media reported it was they were like, well, the crops aren't being trampled anymore, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, and we definitely won. One of the things that I love is that George Pierce himself said, instead of sending soldiers to the trenches of World War One, we should have just sent emus. Because <laughs> they can take more bullets than a tank. <laughs> they couldn't be killed. I think I think the grand figure at the end of it was about five thousand uh, five thousand emus killed. Um, it might have been four thousand, somewhere between four and five thousand, and it, it 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 was a really stupid plan. And here's why: I asked if you guys in this time period could figure out what curbed the crops from getting destroyed. Better fences. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's, I'm not trying to diss Australia. I think that that story is just one of those fantastic stories. Um, don't go to war with nature. You're probably not going to win. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, so we got some music choices, eh? Yeah. Um, I, I was just doing a little quick research on the emu war, and actually, the um, uh, uh, the total number of birds killed was actually uh, is unclear. One account claims just fifty birds; other accounts range from two hundred to five hundred. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gave them way more credit than credit was needed for. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> but I mean, you know, good news is that uh, the military had not suffered any casualties at the hands of the emus. <laughs> Silver lining, I guess. <laughs> See, they would have been worthless in World War I because the enemy would have been fine. They just they would have been really confused. They just got an army of emus Today running we killed 3,000 Germans. <laughs> a little tug on his shoulder. What? <laughs> Today we killed four Germans. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Today we killed no Germans. All right. <laughs> the emus are really bad at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Release the emus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And like I said, I love how they solve the problem. They just put up fences. What's even yeah. funnier is that people continue to approach Parliament afterwards. And uh, they continued to demand for emu wars for a while. Um, even after the fact. <laughs> well, certain, I'm sure there's some certain so, benefits, you know, during a time of emergency and war. <laughs> what cracks me up, and if you guys want to learn more about this, Oversimplified has a really amazing video on YouTube about it. Um, but the thing that really, like, the way that he did it just fucking killed me because it was hilarious. He goes, this is a bald eagle. It is America's national bird, and it is a gorgeous and majestic creature. This is a peacock, which is the national bird of India, and it's regal and just absolutely majestic and beautiful. This is an emu. It's a pest and the national bird of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pest <laughs> dude it kills me every time i see that video i just i just lose it um there was there was i i i was kind of in a, i was caught up in another one i was thinking about doing um called the pig war it actually happened um here in washington um when we were still having land disputes with canada it was over the san juan islands oh and basically the whole thing started because somebody shot a pig <laughs> boars gone wild yeah. <laughs> see america um, and canada clash <laughs> british the british the british dude really loved his pig and the american dude got tired of the pig eating all of his potatoes <laughs> <laughs> some of the wars that we have in history are utterly ridiculous and those are the things that i really like talking about um it's just those little known um little known uh things for quick and interesting like excursions yeah yeah the excursions that are just utterly hilarious like the uh the first episode we did i think we did the dogger bank incident um when we covered the uh blue jay video that we found that yeah, video that just, oh my god oh, so good it is and, and 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 like i said the pig war we'll have to talk about eventually because that one's also pretty funny um and I, I i think the cool thing about the pig war and the emu war was i don't think that there was any loss of life on human side mm -hmm. Peta, i apologize a pig was killed in the pig war and emus were killed in the emu war <laughs> An, an undisclosed number uh, and an uh, undisclosed is. number <laughs> that ranges somewhere between 50 and 500 <laughs> those birds those pests are just regal and majestic i wonder if i could do that if i ever get pulled and knock on wood i'll give you, you know, I, I don't i don't i don't speed but you know if i ever get pulled over for speeding you know how fast you're going well i'll take an australian guess at it what I'll give you <laughs> 10 to 50 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got another one and I know that I know that we don't normally do this this long, but I got another one that's just it was eaten away at me because it's a really funny one. Um, when Great Britain occupied India, um, they noticed that there are a lot of these poisonous cobras around and the poisonous cobras do what poisonous cobras do. They bite people and then people die. So um, Great Britain enacts a venomous. policy. Um, venomous. Yeah, Poisonous venomous. means like, yeah, yeah. So Great Britain enacts a policy and they say, hey, if you kill cobras and you bring them to us, 
um, we'll pay you for them. Well, as smart people inevitably do, they figured out, wait, we just capture the snake and then we force it to breed. And then we have a money farm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so trying to curb the problem <laughs> created a bigger problem. They bred so many fucking cobras. <laughs> nice. That's capitalism. That's fine. That's your like, hustle. <laughs> just like way to go, Indian people. You guys are fucking awesome. You know what? The, that that gives me an idea. We, we should start doing segments called "What's Your Hustle?" Like the most obscure, uh, creative fucking ways people have made either capital or a livelihood throughout history. Oh like, yeah, because I think that India one would would just be fantastic. <laughs> I just I every I've heard that story a handful of times, and every time I walk away, and I'm like, I am so proud of you, India. That's I, I I'm not normally the type to be like, yeah, fuck the white man, but you just did that and that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm also gonna use that Australian guess, you know. Just educated guesses. Guess. There's yeah. You ever an Australian guesses? Guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to any of our Australian viewers out there, know that we are not making fun of you. We love I I would love to come to Sydney and Melbourne um, and any and other cities, you know, cities that Australia has. <laughs> I want to hit up the outback. I want to, I, I want to walk where Steve Irwin walked, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, not all the places. Well, I'd say I would love to walk all the places he walked, but I don't necessarily would say that I would like to swim in all the places he swam. <laughs> oh, Josh, you're going to get us canceled. We are. I am sorry. I am a huge fan of Steve Irwin. Okay, (laughs) I'm just saying that. Guess what? I for the long for most of my life, I wanted to be a wildlife photographer, and that was 100% inspired by National Geographic and Steve Irwin. I I can say that without a doubt, my huge inspiration for wanting to work with wild animals and and take their pictures and go and take pictures and go places that no one else has gone is because of Steve Irwin. I oh, love yeah. that man. I absolutely have a, a mountain of respect for him. Well, but I, on the same turn, <laughs> if if I'm getting pictures of the inside of a bear from two feet away, <laughs> like can you can you let me let me let me just get a picture of them teeth and I get eaten, I would really hope no one would be like, "Wow, I just I didn't see it coming." Of course, it, people saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, I think I really like what Gabriel Iglesias said on that point, where he was like, he died doing what he loved you know um and it's it's a it's a tragedy it doesn't stop it from being a tragedy but he died doing what he loved how many people get to say that you know and, yeah. no, and, and like i said i i hold mountains of respect for the man yeah same he, here. he inspired you know millions and millions of people oh yeah no he's yeah, a national he, treasure he was like i love the fact that he taught us all of these venomous snakes that people are so terrified of mm-hmm. they're not all that bad there's a few of them that are really aggressive and you should watch out for them. But, you know, most of the venomous snakes just want to be left alone. They don't Yeah, like, care oh, for, for example, like the black mamba. Oh, I mean, gorgeous snake. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Uma Thurman. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done with less feet, but sure. <laughs> no, I just like the standard, too. <laughs> 
<laughs> music. Okay. Okay. Music, man. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get so sidetracked and so in trouble. Um, yeah. All right. So um, my music choice uh, this week, when we were talking about the uh, patriotism, it brought me to the Stars and Stripes of Corruption, which I think I might have already picked before. No, actually, I don't think I did. I picked from that album, but I didn't pick that song specifically. So we're good. Um, that's it's the Dead Kennedys, Stars and Stripes of Corruption. And uh, one of my favorite lines in that entire song is, tell me who are the real patriots, the Archie Bunker slobs waving flags or the people uh, with the guts to work for some real change. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, hmm. Ugh. That's a tough one, man. It's kind of like one of those moments where I wish I would have prepared again. You got, um, you got, <laughs> did, did I just did I just uh, Dewey Cox, Jack White? You you're like Dewey Cox. I just come out and I'm like, yeah, I'm the king. And you're like, oh, you didn't have to do me like that, Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things I know: karate and I'm the king. <laughs> 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 um, the fuck was he saying? <laughs> Look out, man! Ah, <laughs> oh, see, music wise, that's 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 great. Um, see, now I, I, I'm almost 100% positive. Already done. Um, you're gonna die for your government. Yes, you have. Yeah. Episode uh, one. I was okay. That, that makes sense why that popped back into my head. Um oh, you know what? Since we're on this uh patriotism, I'm gonna pick um oh what's it called? Hang on one second. Okay, um I'm gonna pick uh Dennis Leary's I'm an asshole. Ooh, <laughs> good choice. All right, 90s pick. Ooh. Um, self-esteem, the offspring. Ooh, uh, nice. and, and my reasoning for this is I sometimes walk out of work uh, and I'm like, good Lord. Um, this place is really mirroring that song and it's not even a person (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how i don't know how she does it but boy howdy does she ever do it? does she ever do it yeah i when i leave work i have nights where i'm like yeah it's literally like self-esteem is playing in my head and i'm like yep 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 I actually don't remember if it was the name. I think it was. So now I'm almost positive. I'm gonna do uh Bulls on Parade uh Bulls on Parade. Parade. Oh yeah, nineties. That was the nineties, right? That's a good one. That's a really yeah. good choice. Uh kind of stick into the uh Overall stick into it a little, yeah, a little bit. Um all right, Northwest pick. Um, 
I'm going to do Yellow Leadbetter from Pearl Jam. Nice. Nice. That oh. guitar riff, man. It's such a beautiful riff. I think I was just listening to that the other day. I, I don't doubt Jam. it. It's on our playlist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Northwest. Um, <laughs> actually, just because I played it a little bit ago. I'm going to go with... Um, Serial Killers Know How to Party by the Schoolyard Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> That's for upcoming projects. For those yeah. of you that are fans of the Blue Collar Show, we have other things in the works. And uh, yes, I think that uh, Schoolyard Heroes is an excellent pick. Don't think that's the first time that we've mentioned them on this podcast. I don't I do, think so. No, I do think that that is an excellent pick. I think I, I swear one of us did... Um, respectfully yours jonathan harker or sincerely yours jonathan yeah. harker yeah god that's a great song when she that scream oh my remember god. yeah no um when i first moved into friends of youth that was my uh alarm on my phone for fucking months yeah <laughs> that'll wake you up in the morning mm-hmm. <laughs> all um, right well it's cold. check it out folks we made it through another one um and uh it's uh you know, it's all it's as always, it's been a pleasure. We're going to get these up and we're um, this. If I do this correctly, it should be a double feature. So um, you'll be getting the episode that we recorded last time um, and you'll have two back to back episodes that you can listen to. Um, so, yeah, no, we love having you guys around. Uh, please keep tuning in. And um, yeah, thank we, you we for- do love when people listen to us. You know, yeah. we make each other laugh, but then we're like, wait, there's other people out there. It's so Maybe true. they would like to laugh too. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that being said, we love you. We'll catch you on the next one. Stay classy. Stay humble. And other things. And hit the button now. <laughs>